Welcome to the second episode of iStartup. I'm here with Omer from an amazing company called Innoviz. Omer, tell me, just tell me about, tell me about this company, you know, like, just what is it? What do you guys do? What, what, you know? Well, Innoviz uh, is developing a technology that is called uh, LiDAR. LiDAR, it's a, it's kind of a light radar, meaning that it's a laser scanner that uh, spreads light, it shoots light in order to a laser uh, beam uh, across the you know the scene and scans it in a way uh, to build a 3D model in real time. And by doing that in a very high resolution and high frame rate, you can actually achieve a video, a 3D video. Now, once you have uh, that kind of vision, uh, it's much easier for a, a car and basically anything that you want to make decisions to travel in uh, in the 3D space uh, to understand better uh, the surrounding. And basically, uh, six years ago, uh, when we started, the only LiDARs that were available in the market were very, very expensive. And I'm talking about tens of thousands of dollars. Mm and it became prohibitive for the use of uh, LIDARs in scale for autonomous vehicles. And we uh, basically developed a product that is uh, significantly smaller and cheaper, uh, but also better. And we started six years ago. Today, uh, we are 440 people. Wow. Uh, we have two serious production deals one of them is with BMW, is going to launch soon a serious production of a level three vehicle using our LiDAR. And, and we're working on more technologies. Uh, we, are, we just uh, introduced a second generation uh, product and we are working on the future ones as well. Wow. Wait, so what you just showed me, that's, that's what's put into the cars? Yeah, this... This product here, uh, wow. yeah, you can, you can see. Uh, this is mounted either to the grill or to the roof. And inside here, uh, there's a laser that scans the scene and creates a 3D video. Now, that raw 3D information is not just transferred to the car uh, computer because it's just raw 3D information. Uh, what we do as well, is that on top of that uh, 3D information, we uh, use our software stack, which yeah. analyze the 3D information and translate it into object uh, detection classification. Very much what you probably uh, know from what Mobileye is doing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Mobileye translates data that comes from 2D sensors, cameras, yeah. Uh, into insights where our cars, pedestrian, trucks, etc., and and we are required to do the same. Only that we do that on 3D, not on 2D. So when the car is connected with our product, it doesn't get a raw 3D information. It gets uh, basically a replicate of what you could expect to get from Mobileye, but from a 3D sensor, which has a lot of benefits because. It's much easier for a LiDAR to understand where things are, and it is significantly less sensitive to low light condition mm -hmm. uh, or rain. 
uh, or direct sun, and, and that makes it much more robust. Wow. Now, tell me, so six years ago, this company started six years ago, right? What, what got you to the path of starting this company? You know, like, like, like you woke up one day and you said, I want to, I want to create these systems so we can have, I don't know, is it like self-driving cars or, you know, cars that, you know, can set like sensors for like, how did this come about? Well, it's, it's, it started many years before I started, you know, this, uh, it's actually started when I was 10. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Now it started when uh, I was 10 because my older sister got into a very serious car accident. And uh, although I was not involved in that accident, uh, my life were very much involved in that uh, Mm -hmm. because it changed the life of my family. And I grew up to to be the the person that I am today, yeah. wow. uh, for the better or worse. And I think uh, my biggest takeaway from uh, that event in my life is that you don't need to be even involved physically in a car accident to understand how important it is to avoid it. And it's clear that uh, you know 100 years after the first introduction of vehicles into the world. Uh, we didn't do enough to solve one of the biggest uh, problems that we still face on a day-to-day. And uh, there is no other uh, bigger, I would say, source of a problem that we uh, are exposed to on a day-to-day more than cars. You know, we travel uh, from one place to another. We have to. We do that uh, by using the transportation means that are available today, and they are very unsafe. And yeah. there are ways to make it much more safe. And right. I'm happy to be part of a, a revolution that solves that problem. Right. And right. I saw that the LIDAR is a, a, pro, a prohibitive uh, solution, meaning that it is necessary, but, uh, but it's actually too expensive, too big, not good enough, and I, I found myself to take the role of trying to solve this problem. I, I thought it was important enough uh, to do it. Now, the idea, uh, the inception of the idea specifically, that also started a few years before I started Innovis. I was working in a startup that was developing a very uh, tiny uh, video projector as uh, small as the finger p- the tip, oh, very, very small. It was based on using lasers and uh, and some chips that allowed us to, to uh, project the light in a certain way. I was quite amazed uh, on the technology capability. It's called MEMS. MEMS is like a chip that can deflect light in different uh, directions. Right. And in 2012, uh, I saw a commercial uh, of a company, uh, another Israeli company called uh, PrimeSense. PrimeSense was developing uh, the Kinect. The Kinect was uh, is the 3D sensor that was used by Xbox uh, for oh. video games. And I remember seeing the commercial of that kid uh, going to the living room. Uh, the character in the television was shouting to the kid, let's fight. And and the, the little kid was starting to throw his fists in the in the air. Yeah. And I'm I'm a geek. I got excited. It looked like super cool. I said, wow, this is this is just mind-blowing. And it got me very curious uh, to understand how it works. And I realized that 3D sensing 
is something that has to come out from the living room to do more. Yeah. Uh, I, and I started to explore kind of uh, what it takes uh, to make a 3D sensor that you can actually take out of the living room for very long range and uh, and and work in a, in a in a very uh, you know sunny day. Those are very rough challenges uh, for that kind of system. And I had an idea of how to solve it, but trying to uh, implement uh, to, to go with you, try uh, time traveling to 2012. What everyone was really focused on was to build technologies for mobile phones. Right? Yeah, yeah. But nobody talked about anything else but you know building technologies that can eventually be adopted by either Apple or Samsung or yeah. you know the, the big giants. And I couldn't uh, think about how I can make it uh, small enough to fit in a mobile phone. So I thought it's a nice gadget. Uh, and actually put it in a list of uh, ideas in, a, in my drawer. <laughs> and in 2000, uh, end, of 20, uh, end of 2015, I opened that drawer and I found a list of some ideas which I was uh, considering uh, to create. Uh, Innovis was one of them. And it was, it was ripened uh to start it because i saw that suddenly there is an opportunity in a market that is only beginning to uh to be created which was starving for innovation which was the automotive space uh, there was lack of technology uh, and there was a clear need for such uh such a device and and then i started i i felt that this is something that is a, a good fit for me and for my background for my knowledge for my i would say my own passion yeah on, well, on uh, developing such technologies coming back from your sister and then you, you open that drawer and you said we're making this company like this is happening and now you're here 2022 and look at the company um it's a big company <laughs> now now tell me one thing the lidar was created to to um, to detect like objects and people to save people from to save like the cars from car crashes, but it's also created for like to to create autonomous vehicles like so they can drive self driving vehicles. It has both, right? Yeah, sure. So let, let me try to break it down. So there are there is there is there are different layers in in a product. Uh, which you call an autonomous vehicle. There is the sensor level, that's the low level. Basically, um, you know, that allows you to understand, uh, I would say, see the environment. Yeah. Then you need another layer that understands what you're looking at. That's mm -hmm. the perception software. That's what we develop. We translate the, the raw sensor data to meaningful information, such as people, pedestrian, mm -hmm. their direction, velocity. And then you have uh, sensor fusion, meaning that you take all of the information you get from different sensors around the vehicle and provide one coherent, I would say, map of the environment of the vehicle. And then you go into another layer, which is the driving decision, which takes information from uh, the GPS, from maps, uh, from trying to understand where you, are, where you need to go. And of course, from the fusion uh, level, and basically the, the output of that system is very, very simple. It's yeah. right, left, and gas or brake. <laughs> it's like the output eventually is, is just replicating what we do as people, yeah. uh, but uh, hopefully in a better manner. So now, as I said, in, in making an autonomous vehicle, it's not just about the lie down, 
but the lidar is uh, a, a bottleneck in in that uh, path. There were other bottlenecks when we started uh, cybersecurity, mm -hmm. uh, processing power, you know, computing power. I think I think everything is now available technology wise. I think the uh, the bigger task right now is to continue the validation, uh, get to the confidence level, you know, yeah. to actually uh, ship uh, uh, products. And because, you know, to, to serve an autonomous vehicle means that you need to take liability, meaning that if yeah. anything goes wrong, uh, you need to take the liability. That's a big, big step. Yeah. And it's about testing. It's about uh, doing enough kilometer uh, drive to see that you cover sufficient uh, use cases, variants, weather conditions. And that's what's going on right now. So you're saying that we're that the technology is ready to go. Self-driving cars are ready to go. It's just about the testing. And obviously the comp the first no company wants to be the first one to do it, maybe because of all the liability, but it's ready to go. It's 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 like technology is available, it's yeah. about uh validation. And okay. once the validation would be completed and you solve all of the bugs in the system, it will be ready to go. I, from from where I'm sitting, yeah. <laughs> uh, seeing uh, working with uh, BMW as a, as a car company that is planning to issue uh, a level three, a real level three. Uh, I think that will be the first. But uh, it's a uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting time to be in. Wait, so level three is fully self-driving? Is that what you're saying? Um, let, let me try to uh, elaborate on that. So there are different layer, le levels, level zero, one, two, three. Um, level zero is basically, you know, no, no one is helping you. You're driving. If yeah. anything goes wrong, you need to make a decision. In level one, you start to get, um, you know, advices, <laughs> bips yeah. for things yeah. that you should be aware of. Sometimes uh, could, the, the car could actually be active, but only either on the pedals or the wheel, meaning that not yeah. both. On level two, uh, the car can actually control uh, the car completely and drive, uh, but not instead of you, meaning that you need to be in the loop. You need yeah. to uh, uh, make sure the car does not make any uh, bad decision. Right. If the car tries to kill you, you need to react. Uh, in level three, it's you can say it's the same functionality, only that uh, there's still a wheel and, and pedals because it's it's automated driving on specific uh, locations mostly, but when it's when it's enabled, you can actually uh, disengage. You can uh, look at your phone. You are you anyway do it, but this time yeah. you can do that uh, in a safe manner. Wow. And if anything goes wrong, God forbid, it's not your fault. It's the fault of the car, mm -hmm. and and that's the big step. The reason that level three still requires a wheel and pedals is because it's it's limited in in in, in location, right? It's right. basically mostly on highways. Driving autonomously on a highway limits a little bit the use case because it's only on straight roads, less intersection or at all, uh, less people around you. It's like it's more limited in terms of might what might happen on the road because completing the validation, which is a key uh, in order to uh, release such a feature uh, if you include urban scenarios that's endless like yeah. you can have endless uh, options of how urban scenario can look like 
highways is more, uh, I would say, uh, more clean, more clear, and it's more easy to make sure that you validate it uh, sufficiently. Uh, right. Level four is, it's actually, a vic it's, a vic it's a vicar that you can throw away the wheel and pedals. It, wow. it, there should, there, it's a situation where there, there, the car can drive without a human being, but uh, only in limited uh, times or conditions or areas. Uh, for example, we are working on a program for a, a level four shuttle. That's wow. a bus that moves people from one place to another, but in a predetermined route. Right. Uh, and you can imagine this is this is rather easy to validate because you, you do the same path over and over 200 times, you, you almost cover any <laughs> anything right. that might happen. Any so scenario. and it but it, the, the good thing is it's it already serves quite a lot of value to people because even though it's not from anywhere to anywhere, many people lack of good public transportation with while this can actually solve it. So there are many benefits to autonomous vehicle, even before it becomes that kind of robot taxi that picks you up yeah. from, takes your kids to school, brings them back, uh, you know, prepare dinner to them, read them stories at night, yeah. and and talks to your wife before you you go to sleep. Yeah. It's I mean that that is something that maybe my next startup. But yeah. in the meantime, I I think that uh, level three, level four are. Uh, quite a value add to, to many people. Of course, it's, it was, first of all, it'll save a lot of lives because people make bad decisions. People are tired. The car doesn't get tired. The technology doesn't exactly. get tired. Exactly. I mean, I'm a great driver, but most others are not. <laughs> Aren't we all? Well, wait. <laughs> most people think that way. <laughs> so Omar, what's it like running this company out of Israel? Like you tell me again where, where you are right now. I'm a, I'm in Rosh Ein. Um, look, I, I think that um, it's uh, I, I would rather uh, you know manage the company from Israel because I think the the hummus in the other countries is is not <laughs> as good. I don't I think that I would agree uh, to put that behind me. Uh, so there is no condition here. Uh, but uh, seriously, I think that uh, being located in Israel is, is quite helpful for automotive because the real market for automotive is in Germany. Okay, I know that many startups in Israel always look at the US as the target audience and target companies. In automotive, uh, the Germans are the early adopters. Those are the companies that eventually would be the first to adopt a new technology. And therefore, look, being located in Israel is, is actually quite uh, easy uh, time zone uh, traveling distance it's very easy I sometimes I I take a flight in the morning and come back home at night wow. uh, I mean middle of the night but yeah. night yeah. Uh, and it's easy you know it's uh, I, I I think that uh, the German uh, culture is not very different than the Israeli in terms of uh, commitment to uh, reliability and commitment to you know to results and quality. Israeli are very uh, very minded about uh, bringing a good product quality. Not saying that others are not, but right. I think that people are uh, you know the Israeli uh, companies are very strong in in technologies yeah. and, and those 
that's exactly what the, the automotive market is currently yawning from. We really need, right? The sensing, AI, cybersecurity. This is like, that's the playground of Israel high tech. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that makes sense. Um, now tell me, so you have over 400 employees now, right? So you started, you started, let's say six years ago with you. And tell me like how the growth came, you know, from, from Omer to right now, like, over the past years, did it just did it grow like really quickly, or did it get was it like slow, slow, slow? Like, look, uh, you know, quickly uh, and as we say in Israel, uh, we started the fastest and and accelerated over time. Yeah, uh, it's uh, when when I started, I in the first month I hired about eighteen people. Yeah, and I did that in a in a certain ocean 11 style and <laughs> uh, it was before uh, we didn't we we even had an office because you know i i i quit my previous job and uh, knowing that i want to uh, start uh, start the company i had an idea uh, but before i realized uh, to to choose the name of the company or exactly what i want to do i already i raised about nine million dollars in in about two or three weeks wow i was i was i was fortunate enough to be able to do that i think through uh thanks to my background and yeah. i think that i was lucky enough to find investors that understood good enough about the market i'm trying to play in yeah. and seeing the right the good fit between you know my idea and the market which they knew better than me uh i didn't know automotive and my, my wife always made jokes on me that I'm starting a company in, in, a, in an industry she knows more about than me at that time. Uh, I mean, she she knows all the models and all the. I didn't know anything. Um, I, I I drove like a Suzuki, like the yeah. old one. I, I didn't care that much. Anyway, um, I think that uh, I was fortunate enough to go through enough places and meet good people. So when I called them out telling them that I want to start a new uh, company. I uh, I was fortunate to bring quite a very, very big pile of talents in, in many, many disciplines, right? The Ocean 11, like we brought the best right. mechanical engineering, the best optical engineering, mechanical um, processing, you know, you name it, all, yeah. all disciplines around the table. And I think that's, uh, you know, when you build good relationship with people, you right. when you believe that uh, working with people that uh, you care about and you create that relationship, it helps you <laughs> in long yeah. term. It's it's yeah. uh, it's helpful, and we became eighteen quite fast. Now, once you have uh, the best engineers in in the country uh, joining to one team, so many good things happen, right? Because obviously they they execute in the best you can you can imagine yeah. so things uh, technically are making progress quite fast which brings a lot of customers brings a lot of investors brings more talent i mean people that come into the office to hear about what you do and they see the talent around the table they want to be part of it so it's right. a magnet and mm -hmm. one of the things that i always uh, talk about is about the culture of the company and 
which is, you know, today I had, I had a meeting. I meet everyone who, who joins the company. Today I met like three people and the guy in the last, uh, just, you know, an hour ago, yeah. he, he was said, he's like, I was surprised that you're still meeting uh, people, uh, you know, every, every employee that joins. And I told him that eventually it's my way to, to, to kind of like uh, convey my vision and make sure that I, I know people because I, try, I, I walk around the office quite a lot. I spend a lot of time with people because that makes me connected to reality as much as possible right. and, and understanding from people where things are and sharing my kind of my, my help where is needed. But I think that what uh, was more important for me to hear was about the way uh, that he described the DNA in the company. And I think that the way that we managed to, to do it is because, you know, once you bring uh, quite a big group of people from the first day, you can make an effort in creating a certain DNA, the culture of the company. Right. And then when it's big enough of a group, that's like, um, you know, it's it's like a magnet, like no one, no specific person that come from outside can change that uh, kind of uh, DNA. Like people get the vector, understand the north, yeah. <laughs> right, of that yeah. uh, group of people. And and that's what's keeping us safe. We have a certain culture in which we, you know, we very respectful for each other, open uh, and, you know, um, the, always helping each other uh, mm. making our voice available like for for like looking at uh, you know in, in in eye level of things that's exactly you know what helps us to keep keep our organization clean and very focused and professional we are working in a, in an industry where being professional is very very important because we are working on life uh, safe safety, yeah, and and that's the that's the way we need to keep it. Well, yeah, you, everything. When everyone works together and they're creating the best product possible, that's in, that's going to save lives. Or that already, I'm saying it's already being implemented, but it will be because yeah, and you know that's. I I, I want that people at some point of time would be um, sitting in a car and feeling safe and secure because they know that the hundreds of engineers that uh, work day and night very, very hard. And you can I, I can tell you, autonomous driving has a certain theme of something very kind of like a fantasy and sexy and like, yeah. some, like fun. Yeah. But in reality, you need to have so much effort that is very, uh, you know, repetitive and to the, the the final details, you need to test in in harsh conditions. There are so many issues you need to deal with. It's it's far away from being just like uh, innovation. It is okay. actually involves a lot of uh, scrutiny of making sure everything is is working uh, as the best way it's possible. And I want to create that in, like to to make sure that people understand that. The people here at Innovis work very, 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 very hard uh, to make that happen. Because if eventually it does, will not work as needed, we will um, miss all of the opportunity behind you know what we are trying to create. Because we, we need people to feel safe to use the technology right. that will eventually save them. Yeah, that, yeah, that's amazing. Um, now, what's what's 
what are new things happening right now in the company? Like anything like you guys, you probably are always innovating, right? What are, what are, what's something new that's happened, let's say in the past few months or something that you're like working on something, something exciting? Um, sure. Look, the, the, in parallel, there are things that we do on the technology side and there are things right. that we do on the commercial side, okay? Um, you know, on the commercial side, you know, we are working with more car companies uh, on their you know, autonomous driving yeah. uh, programs. We currently, you know, so far we announced about two uh, two programs that we are already involved, and we are working on more. You know, nice. very big opportunities uh, that I think would be. Uh, I think that you should expect to see uh, some avalanche. You know, in the mm -hmm. coming few months where you see more and more car makers coming out with announcements about their uh, autonomous driving uh, plans. It's no longer kind of like just vision or, or just, like there are actual activities in, in long chain uh, level three and higher uh, activities. And, and that's something that we obviously spend a lot of time on. That's all on the commercial uh, side, on the technology side. So now I told you that, uh, you know, we uh, about a year ago, we announced our second generation. It's a product that is uh, 30 times better than the, 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 the original one, the Innovis wow. one. Uh, the one, the Innovis one was uh, selected by BMW. It's going to serious production. And now we're uh, getting out Innovis 2, which is uh, 30 times better, like longer range, higher resolution, etc. but at about 70% cost reduction. Now that's very, very meaningful. Because you can imagine, of course, like for BMW premium car that can absorb a certain price point. Uh, if you want to go into any car, you need to get to a price point that is affordable for uh, for less. So that price reduction is is what I see as as a penetration to make that happen. I mean, yeah. so far lidars were prohibitive, really uh, too expensive. Even Innovis one, and I'm saying that. Uh, clearly, it was a product. It even it you know it was okay for the premium vehicles. It was too expensive, you know, for car makers that are at a higher volume. But it's fine. I mean, not all car makers will launch in the same day, and right. there will be uh, still like the, the technical car makers, the more premium one would launch faster with those kind of technologies. But now it's important that we will be able to offer a technology that at a much lower cost to, to allow others. And that's what we're doing with Innovis 2. And that's very exciting because it's a product that is substantially better and cheaper uh, than the first product. And, and it connects to the commercial discussion. And then uh, we are working on another technology, or I would say another category, uh, which is different than automotive. Uh, you know, so far for uh, the automotive, we were very focused on a LiDAR that is uh, it looks like a camera, I mean, it's, it's yeah. front looking, it looks to the towards the front of the vehicle, it's good for highways, it's good for kind of like understanding what's in front of the vehicle, but when you start thinking about uh, trucks, buses, and uh, urban scenarios, you, you obviously need to see a, a, a 360 uh, yeah. view of, of the entire vehicle, and it doesn't mean, by the way, that uh, one device that looks around uh, around it is enough because the, the vehicle is not a point, right? It, yeah. it has a certain um, ge geometry yeah. and there is no single point in the car where you place one sensor 
that looks around uh, it in 360 is enough to see everything because eventually it's it's a certain structure. So we are working on a design uh, that is it it provides a 360 uh, view. It's a very yeah. very small device uh, you can mount in different locations of the vehicle, and and then you can achieve uh, the full uh, the full view around the vehicle and at a very com a very competitive. Uh, price point and even even further improvements of the performance. So basically, what you're saying is that the the autonomous vehicle, like all over the world, this is about to explode. First, with the the more high end companies, but even with the regular companies, because you you guys and I'll, I don't know about whatever, but the, the price point is getting to a place where, 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 where car companies can afford to put them in the, put them in the cars. Um, so this is happening right now. Like this conversation, like if we talked in 2015, it would have been a different story, but right now, 2022, this is happening. Like you said, what, in the next few months, you think that some companies are going to announce it, um, which is really, that's really exciting. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a very interesting year. Uh, you know, Many car makers are planning to launch an autonomous vehicle at certain level, level three or level four in the time frame of 24, 25, 26. Yeah. And of course, in order to make that happen, they need to make um, a decision today, right? I mean, you need yeah. to see yeah. them starting to build those plans. And those are the things that we are part of today. We see many activities that are converging uh, to start a, a program that will end up with a car uh, at that at, at those uh, time frame and yes it means that if it really needs uh, will happen it will be it should be announced uh, soon right wow so we definitely we got you at the right time um, really it's really like it's amazing it's exciting because listen cars have been one way for for basically forever and now they're changing they're changing and once they change it's over once they change. Once this technology is in it, it only gets better. Um, so that's yeah, really. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's like you know, today uh, most airplanes do not use a real uh, pilot, right? I mean, everything right. is actually done automatically, and there is no good reason to go back. And yeah. I believe that in 50 years from today, you know, there will be a person, you know, going into the car uh, and asking herself. How did anyone imagine that I would do this? <laughs> like, who, who, who would like, who's insane enough to take responsibility of what's going on there? Right. It's like, it it's doesn't make sense. And it's true, by the way. I mean, it, it is almost inhumane capability. I mean, mo look, let, let's, let's talk a little bit about accidents. I mean, we talked about it earlier. Yeah. Most of the accidents are related to bad uh, I would say um, driver decision or I would say human fault. I, I don't want to say a driver fault because sometimes it's just a human fault. Yeah. Most of us, uh, you know, are human and therefore uh, we can make mistakes. And, and that's basically what you want to solve uh, because once you are dependent on uh, the person, uh, constant, uh, I would say, a focus. And when you drive on a highway, and it becomes like you're driving a straight road for hours and hours, it becomes very difficult to keep your focus and attention. And people tend to have overconfidence in, of course, I have, I'm, the, I'm driving very good. I said it yeah. at the beginning, <laughs> but 
some people have overconfidence in, in their ability to drive good. And, and it means that they might think that they see, uh, they understand well enough the scene in order to allow themselves to be distracted because they get a message on their phone. And, and it takes one second to make a mistake. Right. And it's because they're human, right? And, and, and we all do, we all make those mistakes. I mean, besides me, which yeah. I'm a perfect <laughs> driver. Um, but uh, most of us do mistakes on the road. And I think it's a pity. I mean, it really is a pity that you might uh, make one stupid mistake and, and pay for it for your entire life. Yeah. because of some technology that could have actually uh, be available already uh, to solve that problem. And that's where Innoviz comes in. I cannot thank you enough for, for first of all, explaining explaining what you do, explaining what's going to happen in the future, and also trying to solve this problem, which it seems like you guys are, um, so that everyone can be safer. Um, so thank you for that. And absolutely, thank you, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. My pleasure. It was fun. It, yeah, it's been a, it's been really it's been really interesting. Thank you.